J.D. Bunkus, Sam McKee, Leafs win again. Bounce back. I thought it was going to be an ugly one. Honestly, Sammy, the first period was doo-doo baby. The most interesting. You know what my big note was from the first period? What? Samsonov, great. Goalie's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your big note? You're not wrong. There was some of that. No, my big note was really was hoping for no commercial break. Ruined (laughs) with three minutes left on phantom call. (laughs) I I loved it because... Chris Cuthbert and Simmer were talking about how much ice there, or how much snow there was I in the know. ice, which yeah. is such a great observation from how high up the, yeah. the box is. And yeah. then the producer, shout out my producers of all kinds, yeah. Yeah. gets that electric on the ice shot of all yeah. the snow up against the boards. I'm like, buddy, there it is. That's teamwork, teamwork, baby. You got your talent upstairs pointing something <sighs> out. Producer, bing, right on the shot. Got the snow going. Fired me up, buddy. I buddy. was fired up about that. You know who loved? a ton of snow on the ice young bunk in net piling the snow <laughs> around his posts <laughs> like, <laughs> thinking that it would make a difference and that maybe just maybe it would slow a puck down just enough yeah. so that i could keep one of the eight goals against <laughs> out of the net for one of the nights oh, um, I love it. yeah I, so leaves the story of the night is I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. I guess I could ask you what it is, but I'm just going to start with this. Second period Leafs, man. They got like a Golden State Warriors third quarter thing going on. It's funny because they stunk the other night in the second period against Montreal, which was kind of shocking. The game that you were in beautiful Owen Sound, Didn't Ontario. Yeah, yeah, you you took it. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You don't remember anything from Saturday. I no, saw a picture of you no. those French fries. Hey, hey that's, a, that's a common uh, misconception. I didn't drink that much this weekend. I only had a couple. I didn't. I That's actually the, pro- the, 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 the problem the problem is is that my beloved father Amac yeah, yeah. bought us the tickets the, bought us the tickets to the attack game spectacular spectacular move but he bought them in the non-alcoholic section <laughs> so I think he had too many drinks before he bought those tickets so just I I had one beer at the game beforehand where I had to stand up top before I finished the beer and then I didn't have another one so Funny. no I, drinks at the game I went straight home only had one like None. So there you go. If it was your mom that bought the tickets, I think she'd be making a statement about you and your drinking. But there's no way that your dad had the foresight for that. No, and there's no, no, yeah. no that's not he was what just he's as doing. devastated as me. We were yeah. sitting in section H, aka section H for hell. It was hell. With no I was going to say, though, <laughs> that I, I'm, that I'm a little judgmental of this just because your family has been, you know, staples at the attack game for decades to not know the the non-alcoholics also like how strict are ohl barns on that rule i gotta say she would let me in i was like hey can you make an exception i didn't know the rules i won't get another one because i just have this one she wouldn't let me down anyways that's neither here nor there you should have said do you know who i am (laughs) (laughs) are you a lot of leafs talk anyway look at all these thumbs up which you should be doing right now look at all these five star reviews which again we would really appreciate if you would leave some of those bangers on itunes and on spotify and shoot a follow at jd bunkus at sam mckee okay so yeah second second periods though buddy like did you hear what he said the stat that what cc said it was like they're they're 19 one and oh and one or 19 one and one when they win the second period that's an insane number buddy like i said golden state warriors had the third quarter where you wouldn't give a crap what the warriors were doing and, and I know there, if you're watching this, you're not a Leaf fan. Or even if you are a Leaf fan, you're like, how dare you compare this team to the Warriors <laughs> yeah. in any way? Like, yeah. uh, like uh, how dare you? But it's true. Like, the Warriors had the third quarter domination where they would just flip that switch. And whatever mm-hmm. it is with the Leafs, like, they just 
dominate in second periods of hockey games. And they did it again tonight. Like totally. It looked like the Islanders just couldn't skate with it. Looked like the Islanders couldn't play with them in the second period tonight. Yeah. They, I don't know the Islanders. I don't want to do too much time on them, but them to me are like the team that kind of my expectations versus what they actually are, are two completely different things. It's like, they have a lot of good players who I like. And they have a great goalie and, you know, they have talent on the back end. They have talent up front and they just seem to be getting barbecued at all times. Like how many times, I don't know if we have that Paxis of them just getting wide open breaks and clean looks, but it would, the puck would go up the boards and it would be, oh my God, it's a two on one. Oh my God, he's in all alone. Oh my God, he's got a clean look at the net. Their defense. I'm going to say at least five times tonight. Yeah. Their defensive structure was awful. So good on the Leafs for jumping all over it. Um, and good on Keefe, I guess, for, for making that adjustment. But yeah, the Islanders look like a broken unit at the start of that second period. And they played a really good first. They really stifled the Leafs. It looked like it was like, oh, great. Another Islanders game here where they bore the hell out of you and stifle you down. And then they just fell apart to start that second period. So they've lost now five straight, the Islanders. And it looks like you, you can see like that, that wearing on them a little bit tonight. You're right. I thought the first period, what Leafs didn't get a shot on net until the 10 minute mark. Yeah, like they they had nothing going. They had no juice and the Islanders were getting big chances like Samsonov came up with a couple of brilliant saves in the first period. Like one of them early mm-hmm. was, you They're know, the blocker. Like, yeah, I got I've got a Samsonov save for you, a uh, save stat for you in a second here. But that one added to that that statistic tonight guaranteed. But yeah, like I could not believe how many times like Bunting got a penalty shot in this game. By the way, you're the penalty shot aficionado. What do you think of his move? Horrific. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, going. honestly, he basically might as well have yelled out what he was going to do yeah. to an, he's an elite goalie <laughs> either. Like yeah. he decided, like he wasn't decisive. He just kind of yeah. like, he, he went eye to eye with him. And he's like, that's the, like one of the best goalies in the world. He's yeah. going to make that save 10 times out of 10. You're way better off hard wrister in that same spot or just trying to cut it to the backhand. Like anyways, it was not pretty for me. Well, he's not a shootout the- guy. Yeah, well, one of the goals that we saw tonight on one of those clean breaks, right? Because I'm trying to think about every player that had a clean break tonight. Nylander had one. Yarncroc had one. Um, obviously, Matthews had one. Like, two of their goals came off clean breaks. Bunting gets the penalty shot. So, four mm-hmm. there. Ma- uh, Tavares had one. Like, yeah, these are all good chances that we had. But, like, they're not just a pack of just the, like, ultimate clean, like, breakaways yeah. that they got in on net. Um, yeah, the Nylander, by the way, so, like passed a little flip pass to Yarncroc was gorgeous. Talk about Nylander a second, but yeah, I thought that bunting was going to do what Yarncroc did. He just saw it and he went, oh, okay. Like I'm going to just try to wrist it there. Yes, and then yeah. you reminded that he doesn't have that shot. Like Yarncroc does have a nasty shot. That was gorgeous that he scored that one. So can we talk about the, I don't know where you want to go here, but can Anywhere. we talk about, uh, can we talk about the, the line mix up? Yeah. How we, I think, you know, it's like, oh yeah, good on. Good on Keith for making the adjustments. And I think that's oh, a take that a pro- that a lot of people will probably have. But like Yeah, I got it. It's like, well, I mean, oh, he went back to the line that was the best in the NHL all year. What a yeah. shocking move. <laughs> like it's like he knows Matthews and Marner works together. And Tavares and Nylander, say what you will. Like obviously last year they had stretches where you wanted to bang your head against the wall. But mm-hmm. even to start this year, they had really productive stretches together. I just don't think it's like this wild coaching adjustment for him to be like, Hey, we're crappy offensively. Yeah. Let's put, let's do the thing that works sometimes and just do it. Like, I'm not going to, it's, it's, it's a good time. Like I'll give him credit for feeling it out because yeah. he did feel it out. He could tell that they were kind of bogged down and it obviously works. So he looks like 
you know, big brain, uh, big brain Sheldon. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, no, it, listen, it's not buddy. that crazy a move. Listen, he he's not Doug Peterson drawing up the Philly special here, okay? <laughs> like I get it, exactly. It, but it's also it's hockey, right? Like there's there's not you're not changing your structure in the game. Like the adjustments you make are you put a good player in an yeah, advantageous yeah. spot. Like that's literally hockey in terms of adjustments that you make. Well, dude, what when do we give Sheldon Keith credit? We're like, ooh, they had an offensive zone draw, and they thought to put the three best guys. In the, you know, like, they, oh, Sheldon Keith, the tinkerer, the thinking man's coach. You know, like he gets. You're right. It probably happens where he gets a little bit too much credit, but I think like, and I and this is the part that I would I think that you would agree with. Yeah. Is a lot of coaching is that feel and knowing the right times to push those buttons. And so, no, he doesn't get credit for thinking about the most genius, yeah, like altering uh, maneuver to the game. But knowing your team and knowing the right button to push at the right time, he pushed it. He gets credit and it worked like mm-hmm. Nylander was going. I just wanted it tonight, man. Like I, it was it's kind of lost on, I think, most Leaf fans and commentators. I didn't talk about Tavares playing his old team on my show today. Did you guys? Honestly, old news. didn't mention it for a second. Uh, exactly, because it's old news, right? Maybe yeah. if he's back on Long Island and you hear the booing again and you go, all right, you guys are still doing this? I guess I get it. Yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, too, I actually respect Islanders fans for booing Tavares still. They care. It Nothing makes me more upset than how Toronto just turned tail yeah. on the Vince that's, Carter thing and never, decided to make documentaries and like kiss that. his butt. Yeah, they were like, oh, that. Vince, he, he was misunderstood. Time, time heals all wounds. <laughs> oh, he said he wouldn't go dunk anymore. <laughs> let's have 35 different retirement ceremonies for Vince Carter for all the teams that he plays on until he's 48 and then run commercials for Vince Carter for the next decade on NBA TV. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, unbelievable we did that. I respect that Islanders fans hate his guts because that's what true hockey fans and true sports fans do. They don't try to think about, like, the human element. I love it. I respect it. I stand with them on it. But Tavares kicked their ass tonight. He showed up and he gave a crap. And actually before he scored that goal, Sam, when he got the grade a chance, which was right before the goal, like before he has the beautiful drop pass to Nylander, I was actually kind of getting ready in the notes to barbecue. The Leafs are going like, man, we've talked to Colby Armstrong before about those games where Sid would play Ovi. And when your captain is playing the team that he cares about playing, the rest of the team is supposed to step up. And I was pretty pissed that the Leafs didn't step up. So the fact that Keith pressed that button at the right time and then the, the rest of the Leafs got their asses in gear and just about everybody turned it on from that point, I thought good leadership by Tavares to be the one that basically started the spark. Brilliant play by Nylander tonight where he just continues to look like the Leafs' best guy. He should be at the All-Star game a million percent. Matthews is going, I hate that I'm here, and poor Nylander deserves all the credit. And, oh, yeah. yeah, I just – they they were awesome in that second, and I think Keith deserves some credit for that. Absolutely. I'm just uh, pointing out before we get to it of uh, bedtime. Yeah, yeah. Before before anyone says Listen, anything, you're like, the guy trying to hand him the Jack was, Adams. I'm I was surprised just about to, that you're not just, blowing this up a bit. I was just about to say, like, before someone says that he deserves a Jack Adams. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's not all get crazy. You, the only guy yeah. who's ever pushed that take. <laughs> I, uh, whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for uh it's gonna be tough for old Jim Montgomery to, to yeah. lose out on the Jack Adams yeah. when his team has 185 points to finish the season. They just never yeah. lose. It's and when ridiculous. they're gonna get Bo Horvat, uh, like for and a song. And their two top top D men are scoring like goals that would be the goal of the year on any other team against the Sharks. It's like what the hell is happening they're, over there? Oh, by the way, okay, so let me bring up let's pivot to Samsonov off of this. Yes. So going going into tonight's game. 
Uh, and this was via moneypuck.com. So thank you to moneypuck for these stats. I really appreciated them. I had talked to you about how I like how Samsonov to me is clearly kind of establishing himself as the mm-hmm. better of the two goalies. I was I was pretty surprised they went with him tonight. Like I I was Blown Bourne. away. I saw Bourne Bourne. say that he was shocked, yeah. floored. I, yeah. I, I was in the Bourne camp on this one. I know you, given his home splits, weren't as surprised, but I thought that this was a pretty big statement going to him tonight. But here's a, a bigger thing. And his numbers only added to this tonight again because he made that massive save in the first period, which would definitely get his goals saved above expected going into tonight. He's 11th in the NHL. First, by the way, is Linus Allmark. So that's cool how the Bruins have been brilliant, but also gotten the best guy. Hold on. He's goals saved above expected per 60. He's basically taken a goal off the board. It's over half, over one every two games. Whereas with Matt Murray, he's 19th, which is good. Like, Matt Murray's had a good season. You don't have to disparage one guy to highlight the good in another. But he's only doing it, like, 20% of the time. Mm. So, kind of quietly and sneakily, this is what I was mentioning to you on the end of last Leafs talk. He's kind of stealing the net here and for a guy who craves the confidence and who has been playing so brilliantly i would i would say that the second goal he let in tonight was pretty weak though um i don't think it changes anything but it's a bad turnover by timmons but either way i just he absolutely can't get it on thursday night right like so uh wednesday night against sorry wednesday rangers they they got it they got to put murray in that wednesday though right so I'll I'll actually take Samson outside on that goal that the second one, like yeah. that's a cross ice hard clapper in the sweet spot that kind of gets through him a little bit, but that's a that's a tough play for him to make after a brutal t- turnover by Tim. It wasn't an awful goal. I just thought no, maybe uh, based on the Timmons way he's been playing, I think a, he should have it. It was a really tough shift for him. Misses the breakout pass, comes back into his own zone, turns it over. Anyways, we don't need to bog down on that. But I to me, if you're giving him tonight, you're giving him Wednesday. Like, I, I don't really see how you stop here. Did you hear what Keith said this morning at practice? Basically, I'll paraphrase it for you, but basically he was like, yeah, like both of them were injured. We were trying to get them feeling right, feeling good, and we're just kind of trying to see where they're establishing themselves. And now Sammy's kind of, you know, taking the reins and run with it. We're kind of sticking with them. It sort of felt like he was saying like, both of these guys, we've kind of given them a chance. You know, we've played them half and half, and now one guy's playing better, and we're kind of going with it. To me, Wednesday is a lock for Samsonov. I, I don't know why you wouldn't just continue to press here. The guy's been red hot. He's been, like, tonight in the first period, he was excellent. I think the Leafs really cleaned it up, but he still made a bunch of great saves. Mm. I don't know how you don't press this hot streak. Like, you well, have to press. You're What is he now at home? 15? Oh, like what is his numbers at home? He's ridiculous. No, so, you're right, though. Now that I'm doing it in my brain, too, the game after that is Friday night sends, against Ottawa. That's that's Matt Murray. You're not not playing Clear. Samsonov twice in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, clearly he is going to get the net. That's going to be five starts in a row, though. I mm-hmm. If you would have told me with no injuries at the beginning of the season. Five or any, four? No, it's five. Tonight was four. He came in. Nobody came in for Murray in the one game, right? So wasn't that before right. I don't, so i think this would be his fifth straight oh god we're both oh god math guys oh boy Uh-oh. uh someone calculate <laughs> this the, the yeah, wires turn on your mic. somebody in the chat read somebody in the chat uh warrior womp that guy <laughs> shout out warrior womp tweet gerbils in the chat every night the, tr- 
the gerbils in our brains were just like, oh, my God. oh boy, oh, oh, dude, Anyways, like you see both our eyes. Just, <laughs> if you're listening to podcasts, don't go to YouTube. All right, don't support the YouTube page tonight. Don't see the fear in both of our eyes trying to add up the games that he's played. Either way, I would have actually said though that if both guys were healthy, the over under of games in a row each guy is going to play this year, I would have said at three and a half. Yeah. I think that's probably a pretty solid number and I probably would have leaned over because I guess, yeah, the injury factor or whatever, but without injury, it's a tough one, but honestly, it's a competition. It's a professional league. It's the big boy. He's just been better and he's yeah, just got to no, start. It's, it's true. It's true. And it's like, too bad. like I, you, I know Murray's under contract for next year and he's making yeah. more money and he's the guy that they probably, if you poured the true, true serum on him, who they'd wanted to be the starter and play better. They oh, probably would have told you Matt Murray, but honestly, too bad. You got to win some games. You got to try to get somebody hot for the playoffs. Keep riding him. He's been hey, awesome. A hundred percent. Can I just do a little fun screw around here for a second though? Hmm. Cause I, I talked about this a little bit with Bourne, how like by all accounts, these two guys actually get along great. And remember going into the season. Are we sure I, about that? Well, I, don't know. I that's been some of the reporting. I've asked some people okay. around about it, and by all accounts, like for the most part, they get along. And that's I'm just like, I don't know anything the other way. I'm just asking. yeah, no, I, I I've asked a few people like what's the dynamic okay. like because going into the year, I got some pretty juicy stuff about like the goaltending situation in the Leafs organization, just the order in which certain people were hired, the Murray having his own guy, obviously oh, Sanford yeah. being brought in, and him having a really pretty strong belief that Murray needed to make some adjustments that might have been counterintuitive with other members of the organization, and that there was just a little bit of potential for, um, yeah, friction, let's just say. And by all accounts, that really hasn't been the case, but because, guess what? Both guys have played well, right? Both guys mm -hmm. have been relatively healthy, all things considered now for a stretch. Both guys have been playing well. They've been splitting the night. It's been pretty clear, like, one your turn, my turn. There hasn't really been any of this. I, I am kind of curious um, what it's going to feel like if Murray gets shelled by the Sens on Friday night, his former team. Who's actually a pretty good scoring team. They yeah. score. And, they can't and, keep the puck out of their own net, yeah. but they oh, are they're, like a, they're, yeah. they're a dangerous offensive team. I think their power plays top five in the league. Like it's yeah. definitely a spot where in a letdown spot, maybe even after a big win against a good team in the Rangers, weird Friday night game. Yep. With the Sens, who obviously want it more than the Leafs in that game. That's a classic yep. pee whack night, boys, for the for the Leafs. And he just gets yep. lit up by the Sens. It'd be a really interesting thing, uh, thing to see where that goes from the there. Further, but, the further thing, though, yes. if I, like the real fun, is yes. what if Samsonov is the guy this year? Like, he's mm -hmm. younger. He's got high pedigree. He's clearly more athletic. He's just as mm -hmm. big, like... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons to believe that he's going to end up being the guy here. A lot of indicators anyways, like the stats back him up. He's brilliant at home, all of this different yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, he's a free agent though. And the thing that you said there with the whole, no, 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 it shouldn't play into their decision-making at all this season, right? They're all in trying to play for some, but could you imagine if Samsonov turns into a stud, the Leafs actually make a bit of a run here. He's their guy. And then they got Matt Murray, who's been sitting there as a backup all year long, making four and a half the next year. And then they've <laughs> got to make the tough decision on either own rental again on a goaltender because they don't want to spend money at that position over six million bucks. So it's like they would have to trade Matt Murray's contract and give up, you know, maybe more than the Sens gave up to get off the deal. Anyway, it would just be kind of funny at that. 
ended up being the case. It just, I, it, the thought has been percolating around in my brain during this. It's not a story. I'm just having fun, relax. But yeah, not, it's just not to go full Toronto sports media here on you. But do you yeah. think they've tried to sneak in a contract to Samsonov at all this year? No. No. I, I don't think that these guys want to pay goalies ever. You know why? Because whenever they give Kyle Dubas money to spend on goalies, he's. he's <laughs> he's like he's like honest to god like there should be a 30 for 30 short on how Mrazek got that contract i'll never forget the day that came across like my literal best he's an rfa at the end of the year according to david sis who just texted yeah he is an rfa yeah um either either way though yeah they're gonna have to give him some they're gonna have to give him some cash man like they're gonna have to pay the kids so anyway just a fun, uh, by Love fun, it. I mean like torture yourself exercise when one guy <laughs> plays well that you got to think about what's he getting paid, like bunting. And we're already doing the Nylander, what's Nylander going to get paid in a couple of years from now. But that's a fair one too, because man, if he plays like tonight, you know what I loved about Nylander tonight? And like, let's roll Nylander pack sis, because yeah, he just kicked ass. He did it every which way, but you know, sometimes we used to criticize Nylander because he would kind of have that look on his face of like, I'm not engaged and and so if things weren't going his way, but now when he's putting together a season like this, all I can think of is, oh, this guy's just cool, calm, collected assassin. And that was the mode tonight was he was playing with his food, man. Like there's no other way to describe it. He was just a completely different level. I thought than any other player on the ice tonight. Yeah. The, the puck pursuit thing with him is something that's jumping out to me. Like I know he's scoring at a at his highest his highest level and you know he's you know on pace for a career year by far. Yeah. But the thing that's jumping out to me is just his nose for the puck and that stride is just unbelievable. Like Gorgeous. His his skating has always been incredible. That's always been a huge part of his game, obviously. But the strength of his stride this year looks so much better. Like I just I don't know. I, maybe that's not the right. A skating coach would probably kill me saying the strength of his stride, but it just looks so much more decisive. And I don't like, I don't even know when it was, but there's one point when he was just chasing down a guy and he's got that stick out. Like he's ready to just scythe it away from him. The puck pursuit that he has to me. Oh my God. It's just a really, really beautiful yep. thing to watch. And it's, it's a, something that's come a long way in his game. And it's just the consistency. That's what they talk about. Every yep. time they ask Keith just gets asked about him, you know, Every third day, what do what you see in Nylander's game? He's like consistency, skates mm-hmm. every night, and it's just the case. Like even on his cold streak there where I guess it was, what, six games he went without a goal? He was still skating most nights. It's not like he's completely invisible like he used to be when, on his off nights. So another, you know, all-star level game for Willie Nylander mm-hmm. tonight, who I'm sure he'll be devastated when he's posting shirtless pics in Aruba uh, yeah. When he's not at the All Star game, it sure be devastating. Yeah, when he's yeah, uh, when he's got his hair back in the cornrows, eating the sushi yeah. again. <laughs> just just, uh, just don't just don't pull a Casey Jansen on uh, All Star break. Whatever you do, Willie. Why did Casey Jansen? Remember he got like super sick on All Star break and like he was never the same. You don't remember that? Didn't no. he like it? <laughs> okay, Let's... I don't remember that at all. That's some <laughs> okay. deep cut Blue Jays lore. I love uh, Casey anyways. Jansen. Me too. Uh, he was our guy. He was like, hey, this is the closer who doesn't throw 90. He was money. Uh, so I love the patience in Nylander's game right now. I love the poise he's playing with. It yes. feels like he's got all the time in the world when he's got the puck on his stick right now, which is just a sign of a player playing with elite level confidence. But I would say just not to re- reignite people who are really happy with being right about Nylander. Um, you were kind of wrong because 
this was always the critique was that no one ever criticized whether he had this in him. It was what you said. It was the consistency. And now yes. he puts together a full season of it and he's having his unquestionable best year yeah. and his coach, like I, I used to say this all the time with him, right? It was just ask the coach what he thought. Like that was, this has literally been his thing. Do you think that he brings up saying consistency with Marner? Do you think he brings up Never. consistency with Matthews? No, he brings up consistency with Nylander because they see that this guy could do this all along. Mm-hmm. And then there would be some nights where he wouldn't. And for whatever reason, the like Nylander diehards, the Neander, like Neanderthals or whatever, <laughs> they would just pretend like it was some media creation, despite literally everyone on the team essentially bringing it up. It's why when Nylander would go into the playoffs and dominate and put it together for the string of important games, he would always look like one of the team's best players. Anyway, yeah, he's been brilliant this year, man. I, I really, truly enjoy watching him. He's aesthetic from an aesthetic standpoint. He's my favorite Leaf to watch this year. He's been unbelievable. Just a beautiful hockey player playing out of this world. So credit to him. Uh, just going through my notes here. Anything else you have? Oh, yeah. Um, I thought I have a one negative. Okay. I got one I got one uh, little positive. Go. You go positive. I'm not going to do my negative. I'm not going to do my okay. negative tonight. There was just I, a stat that the broadcast threw up tonight, and it involved it. a certain whipping boy. And Oh, Riley. Six shots. shots. Yeah, I know. We talked about that on our show today. It's bad. How about you just take a couple more shots? Because it's a muffin, man. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you the Riley stat. I gave it to Bourne. No, he, he, he told me today. He, he read depressing. it to you? He, he didn't say it on air, but he read it to me pre-show, and it's depressing. So say it. He, ga- he had my stat? He gave it to you. you. Didn't you give it to him? Yeah, I said it to him on air, but I didn't text it to him. Oh, yeah. He said it to me. He the power play, told me. Like, the power play percentages? Yes, he told yeah. me, he's like, J.D. gave me this wild stat, and yeah. then he said it to me. As yeah, wow, happened. he's got a crazy recall. Born, hey, yeah. this is what happens when you don't drink anymore. It's like, you remember You can pull memories. Born's sitting in the non-alcoholic maybe, section at the arena every night now. He wrote it down in his little, you know, personalized notebook in yeah. his brain. I don't know. Anyway, um, no, so go with your positive thing. Anyway, no, just like, I, yeah, the, the Riley's power play stuff is really sticking out like a sore thumb to me right now. And like, it was again tonight, but anyway, go on. Uh, if you want to get really negative, I am scared about the least uh, special teams in the playoffs. There's mm. pe- their penalty kills sneaky bad. It's like bottom half of the league now. And their power play is yep. top 10, not even top 10. I think 11 or 10th. That's not, it's not what you Funny. want. That's, they, they, that, that's what scares me about going into the, like, it's just their play, their top power play unit should be so devastating. They should be a top five, top three, top one power play unit in the NHL. And they're just not. And I don't know how the hell to explain it other than they don't have somebody at the top that's really capable. That's it. Right? Dude, they need to pivot to Sandine or Lilligren. They need to start giving those guys looks. A try. Because it's just, it's not fair to throw them it's in too there. Important. Last, it's too yeah, important. Yeah, it's, it's too, too last minute. And you're right. That's always supposed to be the, there's the lamest thing a Leaf fan would say, right? Is the toughness of the team is their power play. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe anybody said that. It's so bad and embarrassing for everybody involved, but it is supposed to kind of be a bit of a thing. And so, yeah, they, it's gotta be more threatening than 10th. You're right. The penalty kill, I assume is going to get better when they add, but yeah, um, they got to add. And I got, I can quickly plug here. I got Frank Cervelli on my podcast tomorrow. Yeah. He's got some stuff about them potentially trying to go after Jake McCabe and it, I, I just Jake I, McCabe, it, eh? That's an interesting name. Yeah, I know. And the idea there is that 
Chicago can afford to eat some of the money. And so what I really want to try to flesh out with Frank is like what the price point is going to be for a team like Chicago to eat cash, right? Um, to eat well, that's cap. perfect because that's one of the only guys that that Kyle Dubas talks to is the other Kyle. It's Kyle yeah. and Bill Armstrong. Those are the only two Although guys. I remember that... Kyle, the Kyle's got in a little bit of a tip oh, last year. They, they had a little Kyle bit of a cat off. fight. <laughs> and then they got, and then they made up at the draft when the Kyle Davison decided to take on Morazic for bail out the other acting. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was unreal. I still can't believe he got out of that. Um, but either way, yeah, Jake McCabe, like that's a top pairing guy. Another left shot, but it's a guy who can play heavy minutes and you know pedigree player. Who can, yeah, kill minutes, play with a little physicality, who might come at a pretty, not a cheap price or acquisition price, I don't know, but yeah, could come at a cheap cap hit, especially if they get him to eat some of that money. And he's under control for an extra year, which I think would be the thing that Dubas would really be, you know, very horned up for, considering that's been more of his MO and he doesn't really love to do the rental thing. Um, either way, that's tomorrow. But uh, where's my point? Oh, yeah, they're gonna, I think they're gonna add a little bit of that, like to the penalty kill, that that's gonna be a point of emphasis. Um, last thing I just wanted to bring up, mm-hmm. nice to, nice to see, uh, Pontus back in the lineup. Yeah. I, I, I hate to admit to you how much I missed him. I was like, yeah. Oh, you know, but he's a member of the team. He plays yeah. in the team. He plays in the bottom six. He's going to be there when the playoffs, I don't think he was spectacular tonight by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think he blew anybody say, away. The only time like, I noticed him was when he drew the tripping penalty. That yeah, wasn't a trip, but, but he doesn't have a lot. I like, he wasn't really jumping out but just to see him out there he's just a responsible guy and he's he's a good he's a good nhl bottom six player and they've just kind of they've kind of brought him up out of nothing so it's nice to see thought another noticeable night for our boy uh bobby mcmahon and uh be nice for the puck to enter the net for the kid once in a while here be nice to see i'm i'm kind of getting to the point of zagging on those guys oh really well just i don't know why i do this to myself like i this is not (laughs) gonna go over well at all but I just thought, okay, so tonight I, I was going to, I was basically kind of formulating a thought of, you know, the Leafs don't really have any good prospects. Cause like, there's a lot about Matthew Nyes now, right? Like he just got a Hobie Baker nomination and mm. uh, there's discussions about whether or not he's untouchable or not. Right. There's some, like there's some dissent among the insiders as to his availability. And after him, like the prospect pool is awful. And that's including like the horrific luck, um, like just the devastating news that was dealt to Rodion Amarov, right? Oh, yeah, brutal. Like that's just awful, right? And so they lost a first round pick to like brain cancer. It's horrific. But even considering that, the prospect pool is dreadful. Like they do not have guys. Like I keep being told Topi Niemela is really good. It's like maybe. What about Roni? If you say so, Topi and Roni is like the. Core there's some, foundation. There's somewhere in Prague wearing a gold bucket, buddy. I have no idea what the hell those I said guys it. Are. I said it the other day, but our boy Nick Richard, who pours a lot of time into scouting, yes. still has Nick Robertson as number two. And if Nick Robertson's your number two in the organization, your organization doesn't have a lot of good prospects. But um, I was thinking to myself, like, Dubas and Co. deserves a lot of credit for at least being able to get guys like, you know, the older dudes like McMahon who can come in. And then I went, yeah, but how hard is that really to get? You know, guys like this, how hard is it to acquire 24 year olds, 25 year olds who can give you a solid, you know, 12 minutes of ice time. And so I, I that's my little bit of a zag. Okay. I just, I think we're getting uh, sick, a little too high on sick it. Sick zag, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's just a, I said, like, I shouldn't have done it. Anyway, let's wrap this up. <laughs> now that I sewered this entire show, we were like, you know, I kind of like you guys. Pal. JD had to be a d- <laughs> <laughs>
about it anyway uh that's leaves talk for tonight subscribe review leave five stars share with your friends you see the tweet go out you like it share it tell some people about it leave five stars on spotify leave five stars on itunes put the thumbs up on the old youtube page and yeah we'll catch you wednesday night when we see who, uh a, a number that nobody on this show can add up to of consecutive starts for Elias Antonov. we'll catch lot. you then